Riverside. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Shooting the Sports podcast with Ebony and Ivory. My name's Jonathan, and I'm Ebony. And I'm Nick, and I'm the Ivory. Welcome into episode two. Sorry we're late. We had uh, a few unexpected surprises over the weekend. Uh, John was out of town for work and had some technical difficulties on over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, trying to get this to work. But we're here. We're live. We're uh, we're ready got, to go. I John, how you feeling? How was... Uh, What's that? I got my crab cake from Maryland. Oh, I'm gotcha. feeling good. I got my crab cake from Maryland on my work yeah. trip. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, uh, I bet that felt good. How's the weather up there, Nick? Uh, cold. Still pretty, still pretty cold. Supposed to see some nice weather this weekend, though. Uh, it's going to warm up. It's going to get in the 70s, 70s, uh, 70s, 80s. So not bad. Not bad. We're, uh, uh I thought you were we're excited. Nice, we're ready for spring 50s. around here. We're ready for that golf weather. <laughs> that golf weather. Speaking of golf, I believe we uh, had a little golf tournament a couple weeks ago. We're gonna start talking about. We did, we did. We're gonna cover uh, cover the Masters and uh, Tiger Woods review, and we'll see see how he did. Also, gonna cover some uh, NBA playoffs and do our NFL mock draft today. Uh, but I do want to start off by saying our first episode we forgot something. Uh, we forgot to mention something on that episode, and the day we put out our first episode, it was actually opening day of baseball. Uh, so we just wanted to acknowledge that, John. You got any uh, got anybody you got your eye on right now in uh, in baseball? I know you. I know you're an oh. Orioles fan, so I know you don't really. I mean, pay, I'm an Orioles fan, so I'm not attention. used to winning. I only follow them for a couple months while you know they attempt to do their thing. But uh, I do want to talk about the news of uh, your boy Arietta retiring a couple days. Yes, ago. yes, Jake Arietta retired. He. Uh, Always going to hold a special place in Cub fans' hearts. You know, he was part of our World Series team. He uh, gave us some good years, and we're always going to be thankful for that. And I definitely, definitely want to wish him well. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Well, let's start off. Uh, I think I'm going to brag here for a second. I uh, believe the guy uh, that I picked go. to win the Masters, I believe he ended up winning, um, if I'm not go. mistaken. Yes. Scotty Scheffler, 10 under to take the win, his fourth win in 58 days, I believe it was. Unbelievable. You know, I'm the first one to admit when I don't like you being right, but, you know, I'll call a spade a spade. You uh, you definitely called that. Uh, props props to you. The man The man looked like a machine out there. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I, your pick, uh, Brooks Kepka. He didn't, he didn't fare too hot. Six over, missed the cut. Um, struggled a little bit, but. A little you know, bit, that's, right? uh, Yeah, yeah. Another guy I want to talk about too and mention who had a wonderful weekend was Rory McIlroy. Seven under, took second place, uh, shot the best final round ever uh, at the Masters, 64, which is just unreal. Uh, hold out from the greenside bunker along with Colin Morikawa. They were playing partners on, on Sunday and both of them hold out to, to end their round. So that was pretty cool. Here's what I love about Rory. I believe wasn't he like uh, he just made the cut and then just came in and decided to just yeah go just ham. barely made the cut just barely made the cut um, and then yeah came out and shot eight under on on Sunday and put himself back in it. He was so yeah he was over par to to start that day and uh, no pun intended but he came roaring back and uh, 
Oh, we're starting the puns already. <laughs> Episode two, and we're already with the dad jokes and the puns. All right, all right. <laughs> but that's not that's not uh, that's not really who we're who we're here to talk about, though, is it? Uh, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Welcome back. Finished. Welcome back. Finished all four rounds. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Did not do. Did not do the greatest in the final couple rounds. Uh, shot his worst rounds at Augusta ever in rounds three and four. Which, but you um, know what? It was more of a celebration because the fact that the man came back 15 months later after an accident that you know everyone wants to talk about how the accident should have taken his leg. Like, let's just talk about the fact that the man should not be walking and breathing right now, let alone playing in the Masters. And absolutely, uh, absolutely, he came back and did his thing. And you know, he's the reason golf is what it is right now, as far as popularity. And uh, like him, like him or hate him, hate love him or hate him. He um, he brought more eyes to to the tournament this past couple weekends. He did, he did. You know, he and he got off to a great start. I mean, he shot one under the first day, which I think he was only one of maybe a dozen guys. Maybe there might have been fifteen that shot under par for day one. Um, so I mean, he just you know got off to a great start. Struggled a little bit day two, but I think looked like everybody was struggling out there on day two. The winds really picked up. Um, the course wasn't quite ever? where it was at. Yeah, it, it was, uh, and that course is already tough enough, you know? And so you throw in those wins and it just doesn't make it any better. doesn't make it any better. And then I think, you know, rounds three and four, like I mentioned, they were his worst two rounds, um, at Augusta that he's ever shot. I just, I think his body was just breaking down at that point. Um, you can only I take agree. so many I ice baths. <laughs> I, I think he was uh, just getting back in the swing of things. You know, you can work your stroke, you can do all the rehab, but just like with any sports, there's a difference than being back on the field, back on the green, and uh, just practicing rehabbing. So I, I was just really happy to see him back. Uh, looking forward to see what he does in the next couple months at uh, some of these other tournaments he's committed to. Yeah, it sounds like um, him and it was him and Phil Mickelson, I believe, are both committing to the US Open, which is uh which is really nice. I think that's at St Andrews. Um like I said, it's his favorite course in the world. So I'm looking forward to seeing him get back and I believe it's a lot flatter than uh than Augusta. So Tiger should have a little hopefully bit of an better, easier time ho- walking around. Hopefully better weather too. Oh absolutely. Absolutely. Um well I don't know because it I think St Andrews isn't that in England? I, I believe, believe so. So I mean, I, I, I don't, so I don't know to... England. I don't. I don't know if they're. Does their do their summers line up with ours? I don't, I'm not a. I I European weather expert. So honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, well, we'll I'm have to stat check that. We'll have to stat check yeah. that when it gets closer, and uh, we'll go from there. That's Absolutely. Why we need to hire a producer, get, get yeah. a European and, weather checker. Yeah. Right. And the uh, one more thing too, I wanted to mention about. Uh, about golf as well. Um, Bryson DeChambeau just announced that he is having surgery on his hand, on a bone in his hand. Um, so he's going to miss the next two months. I mean, I guess it's, it's a bone right outside of your wrist, um, on the outside of your hand. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the doctors advised him not to even play in this Masters. And he did they anyways. did. They did. He said he wanted to see where he was at as far as pain tolerance. Um, he wanted to test it out. And clearly, I don't even, you know, a lot of people don't even realize that he actually played in the Masters. I think he shot 12 over. Um, so definitely not a Bryson type around, but it was clear he was in pain. 
Um, but fun fact about Bryson, I did read that even though he did not make the cut, he was spotted in the crowd following Tiger Woods around on Sunday. Um, so him and about a million just, other people. Just goes to show you that even guys that are playing next to him on tour, they're just as big as fans as we are. And I, I just I think that's cool to see. I, I just don't think you can talk about talk enough about the kind of impact Tiger Woods has had on sports or just golf in general. Like no, he made I, golf an everyday sport to watch when it comes to the Masters and these major PGA tournaments. Absolutely, um, golf gives out. They have a pool of money that they give out at the end of every year, um, and essentially, it's for who had the biggest impact on golf for that year. Um, and Tiger Woods didn't play in a tournament except for the one he played in the pro am with his son Charlie, and he. <laughs> He made the most money. He was number one on that list um, as far as, you know, contributions to golf and the money that they give back to their players. Um, Not that he and, needs any more money. No, but there was a little there was a little controversy around that. You know, he didn't play any rounds and you had guys that played all year and did really well. Um, John Rahm had a great year, but that money is for guys, like I said, for guys that are giving contributions to golf and and put golf's name out there as far as social media and advertisements. And I believe that pro-am was one of the you know most watch rounds of the year. So don't hate them for it. Just goes to Make show your you money tiger. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we salute you. We definitely are huge fans of you and uh, we're, we're excited that you're back. Absolutely. Yeah. We're rooting for you. I, uh, I can't wait to watch him at the U S open. I'm, uh, I'm already counting the days. So, <laughs> So what let's, else are uh, we? Uh, what else are we covering today, Nick? Yeah, let's get into uh, let's get into these NBA playoffs. Um, I know we're uh, a couple days late. Yes. We definitely planned. I want to start off by saying we definitely planned on recording this before the playoff games started. Now, my picks, my predictions, are still based on what I thought before the season or before the series started. We don't flip flop um, on this show, ladies and we're gentlemen. We're not going to flip flop. That's we one don't thing. Hopefully you're going to appreciate about us is that we don't flip flop. We like to, you know, give you our honest predictions. We're not going to go back on it. Uh, for example, one of the series I have predicted for a team to win in six, they happen to be down two zero. You know, I'm still sticking with them. I still think they can win four straight, but we'll get into that a little later. Let's start off in the West though. Number one versus number eight, the Suns versus the Pelicans. I predicted Suns in five. Uh, they're up one one zero right now. They play tonight. What do you got, John? Um, I mean, I I I'm rolling with the Suns. I mean, they they were my NBA Finals prediction on the last episode. Them and the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, for me personally, I don't think there's much to talk about. I I think the, I think the Suns do it in four. Oh, you think they clean sweep? Wow. Okay. I, I think, think the Pelicans. I think they're I think, I think they're hungry the enough that I think they pull out at least one. Regular season series, they took one of the games, um, but I yeah I think I think Booker and CP three I think I just think they're too much. CP three wants it bad. He want, he wants I, to ride off into that sunset. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give away my my finals predictions or anything like that. But this might be Chris Paul's year. It might be. Don't you jinx him? Don't you go jinxing him? As long as Drake doesn't put his jersey on, I think he's got a chance. Moving on, though. <laughs> next matchup. Honestly, the next matchup I want to talk about. Yeah, I want to talk about your T-Wolves. Uh, 
you know, uh, I didn't see them celebrating game one the way they celebrated their their uh, winning game, but they got the job done. You know, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't even respond to that, but I'll say <laughs> this. As a Timberwolves fan, it has been 18 years, and we have had two playoff series. That team showed me that they care and that they want it, and they want it for the fans. And as a fan, I love to see it. I don't think there's any fan out there that would not like to see their team celebrate a win like that. Unless your team has Patrick Beverly, which he just celebrates for himself. But that's another conversation. Well, that's 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 Pat. He he plays defense and does what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> but for that series, though, I predicted I predicted Wolves in six. Um, they're up 1-0. They play tonight. Um, regular season series was split 2-2. I just I think it's I think it's their time. I think we're gonna take this one. So I did have this series going Grizzlies in six. Um, I do think John Morant is just a bona fide superstar. Uh, what's new? And I think when the time comes, he'll bring out his Kobe esque uh, game time and uh, just take over the game. So uh, I've got the uh, Grizzlies in six on that one. And you know what? Honestly, he didn't. He didn't disappoint in game one. Watching him and D'Angelo Russell, it's it's fun to watch. It's really fun to watch. But can we give props where props are due? Anthony Edwards, first mm. official mm. NBA playoff game, 36 points, six assists. Took what a game by the to finally game. show what up. A, what a game. It's not with Cleveland anymore. That's why. What are you talking about? When Anthony Edwards was originally with Cleveland? No, buddy. No, buddy. We're, we're, no. We just drafted him last year. Oh, no, I'm thinking of another guy. Just ignore me. It's been that kind of week. <laughs> That's true. You're thinking of. <laughs> I was thinking of someone else. <laughs> but we call each anyways, other out, guys. Let's, Nothing's going to be perfect. Let's give John show. a break. He, uh, he had a long week traveling for work. so yeah, I did. We'll, I'm we'll running on about break five on hours of sleep in about four, 72 hours. So Yeah. Well, <laughs> Move we'll, on. we'll, we'll, we'll on. talk about that one later. Yeah, we'll talk about We're that moving one on. later. <laughs> Warriors versus the comments, Nuggets, ladies and gentlemen. It's okay. Call me out in the <laughs> call me out in the comments. It's all right. It happens. War, Warriors versus Nuggets. Uh, Warriors are leading two zero right now. I took Warriors in seven. Um, I still think the Nuggets are going to take a few games here, um, but the Warriors have honestly surprised. I think everybody with the way that they're playing. Um, they rolled out their new so-called death lineup. Um, Super small, super fast. Everybody can shoot. Everybody can score. What's your opinion on this kid, Poole? I really want your opinion on him. Jordan Poole, I mean, he's 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 a good player. I mean, he's been a good player for a few years. He's just been trying to find his role on on a team, and I think he's found it. You know, so the Warriors, Warriors play a style that you almost can't. It's almost impossible to fail. In their, well, in their then system. let me ask you this: Where does he fit? And does he go back to the bench? Is he in the starting lineup once Steph starts again? Like, what, what, what do you see happening? Are they just going to go super small and have well, they, Steph? That, play yeah, they in? brought Steph back. They brought Steph back. Um, he is on a twenty-two, restricted minutes. Yeah, they brought him back restricted minutes, but they still rolled out that lineup with Jordan Poole in there, 
um, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and I believe Andrew Wiggins was their was their fifth. So I mean that's a also, very small lineup. None of them are centers. None of them are even. I don't even think Draymond's technically a power forward in my opinion. So with five guys that are that fast, that agile, they can all score. That's tough to compete with. Um, they only played, I believe it, what was the number? I believe it was five minutes. Um, they only played five or six minutes together with that lineup. Um, but they outscored the nuggets in those five or six minutes by 14 points. So not to get ahead of ourselves, then do you see the Warriors making a deep run now versus what you thought entering the playoffs? I personally do. Yeah, I, I think the Warriors are going to make a run. Um, I actually thought that they were going to make a run before this, but now that they've rolled this lineup out, yeah, I think I think it's definitely definitely time for them to to make another deep run. I mean, in, I don't know if you ever listen to Draymond Green's podcast, but he talks a lot about how it's been two or three years since the Warriors have been in the playoffs, and people forget that. They went from having a dynasty run to not being in the playoffs for a few years. They had injuries. They had the COVID year, um, you know, Clay's ankle or Clay's ankle and all that. So they're hungry. They're ready to get back to it, and they think that they have the squad to do it. And I'll be definitely I, interested. I'm not betting against Curry. Moves forward now that people know about him. Yeah. You know, kind of the uh, people didn't really know who he was, what he was about unless you were a hardcore NBA player or, you know, NBA follower. So I'll definitely be interested to see how he does now that teams know who he is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, Like I said, I still think the Nuggets are going to make this a very good series. Um, I personally predicted that this would be the best series out of all of them. Let me throw my prediction out. I, I, I'm right with you on the same prediction. I do think it's going to be Warriors and seven. Okay. All right. The first one we agree on. All right. What about um, what about the Mavs versus the Jazz? Um, oh, they tied or they're man. tied right now one to one. I think the uh, the Mavs just took Game Two last night. Um, again, no Luca. Luca missed the first I mean, two games. It's hard to make a prediction without knowing if Luca's coming back or not. It is. I'm just going to assume Luca's not going to. I'm I'm going to assume Luca isn't in this series. That I'm just going to base my assumption off that. I think the Jazz do it in six or seven. I do. I think without Luca, um, you know, the Mavs don't really have a lot. I definitely enjoyed what the Mavs did the other night, driving the ball, kicking it out. I, I think they scored something about 22 threes the other night, which was stupid, ridiculous. Okay. So let me ask you this. If Luca comes back starting next game, game three, does that change? You still have Jazz, Jazz in six or seven? 100%. I got, I got Mavs in seven. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I took I took Jazz in six as well. I um, it's funny you said that because I actually based mine my prediction that Luca was not going to play um, or that he would miss three or four games in the series. Um, but so yeah, I took I took Jazz in six as well. Mitchell's Look just at us agreeing on stuff. <laughs> Mitchell's just having a an unbelievable year. Twenty six five and four this year. His shooting splits are unreal. Forty five percent from the field. Like he's being disrespected. Yeah, 45% from the field, 35% from three, 85% from the line. You know, and then you got Rudy Gobert standing under the basket blocking a couple shots a game. It's a tough team to beat, you know. I think I agree with you though. I think if Luca if Luca comes back for game 3, um 
I'm going to take, yeah, I'm going to take Jazz and seven. Here's or, why I'm, I'm sorry, just going to take Mavericks and seven. But this otherwise, yeah, Jazz and six. It's going to be Jazz and six. Because if you recall, ESPN was talking a lot about, shout out ESPN. Um, they were talking a lot about how if this wasn't even the playoffs, they wouldn't be talking about a timetable to bring Luca back. That's how deep his injury is. So knowing that, it's really hard for me to imagine him coming back and him coming back and being effective. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Luca's I think Luca's a tough kid. Um, I think he's going to want to come back. He's going to try and come back. Um, how effective is he going to be if he does? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But let's move on to the East, though. We got the uh, one of the best series so far um the celtics and the nets what do you what do you think what do you well, think what do you think going to happen over let me give credit where credit is due um can't believe i'm saying this shout out to blue devils jason tatum um wow but yeah I, and i have I, that on recording and that is you public. do everybody's going to hear that Wow. You do take notes. You get folks. one. You get you get one of those every couple of years. Maybe I'm feeling nostalgic because Coach K just retired. But anyways, wow. Um, Jason Tatum's doing his thing. Um, I I told you from the beginning. I had Celtics in seven. Obviously, um, myself and you know all the other experts and yourself included. That you know if Kyrie was back the way he should have been all season, um, they're not a seven seed the way they are. You know, they're not playing like a seven seed. They're not, they damn sure aren't ranked like a seven seed if Kyrie plays the whole season. But this is the matchup we have. Um, I still think it's Celtics in seven. I think this is one of the few matchups that home court advantage plays a huge, huge part. And um, yeah, I mean, I I think after what game one, we're going to have a lot of exciting games. But I think when it comes down to it, I don't think Kyrie and KD can just put the team on their back for a whole seven game series. Yeah, I I actually and this might actually surprise you, but I took Celtics in uh Celtics in 5. Really? Cuz yeah. I know you were going back and forth about choosing the Nets. You were you must have put your KD bias aside. I did. I did. Um, you know, for those of you that don't know, Kevin Durant is my favorite player um currently in the NBA. Uh but so yeah, it was hard to uh it was hard to go against him. Um I have to admit that, but there was a lot of talk before the series started that Ben Simmons was going to come back in the middle of the series or at the beginning of the series. And anybody that's played basketball, um, chemistry is a big part of it. And it's really, really hard to just plug somebody in a lineup, especially in the playoffs. And you're going against a team like the Celtics. It's that's tough to yeah, do. But in um, their I defense, think the Celtics are I underrated mean... anyway. So but in their defense, we know why they're bringing Ben Simmons back. They're not bringing him back to score. They're bringing him back to possibly lock up Tatum, lock someone up, and keep the Celtics at bay. It's still it's still hard to keep that chemistry. I think the Nets are better off, honestly, without him. That first game was unbelievable. You know, the Nets clearly showed that they can beat them. So, you know, Celtics got the one zero lead right now. We'll see. But yeah, I'm I'm still I'm sticking think, to it. Celtics in five. Do you think that was the play? Do you think that was a play they I drew think it up was I think to the, have them run around for about I, 10 nope, seconds before I think they the original play, play. <laughs> I think the original play was for him to get to the basket and score the ball um the play broke down and he improvised Tatum made a hell of a cut and Celtics win the game 
for our younger viewers listening, this is why you always watch your player. Always watch your man. Yeah, always watch your man. He takes his eyes off you. Don't don't watch the ball. Fact or cut. Fact or cut. But let's move on to uh, let's move on to this other series here. And honestly, I thought it was going to be a lot better than what it has been. Um, (laughs) They play again tonight. Heat versus Hawks. Heat are up one zero. They're just they're just focusing on Trey, and that's it. I mean, I had the Heat in five in this series. Like I did as well. I love that's I love Trey Young. Four in a row. We've agreed on shout shout out Treyway. But I mean, the Heat are just that team when it comes to defense. Yep, they're gonna grind you out. Yep, they're 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 gonna make sure that if you score against them, you're gonna earn it. Almost reminding me a little bit of the Bad Boy Celtics back in the day. Like you're gonna earn every basket you get. Um. Bam feels disrespected, not even being in the finals of the defensive player of the year. So I think he's definitely got something to prove. Um, and, you know, the, I feel like the Heat are just being disrespected at this point, and they're out to prove a point. So I yeah, I mean, they, they showed that they can they can beat the Hawks. They beat them 3-1 in the regular season. But Bam Adebayo, Jimmy, Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, a lot of people forget that, you know, Lowry Lowry's over there now having those veteran presences. I mean, he's a – a guy that's done, been there, done that. Um, he's won it all. What we always talk about experience matters in the playoffs. Experience matters. Yeah, I think I don't think it's going to be much of a competition. I think there will be a game out there where um, where Trey's going to get hot. You know, just like I think there's a game out there where Kevin Durant's going to get hot, and they're you know I think each team will pull out a win. But yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, definitely Heat and five. Um, and speaking of five, I also have. Uh, the Bucks beating the Chicago Bulls in five games as well. Bucks are already leading that one zero. Giannis is just too much. I think it's a bad matchup for the Bulls. I really like this Bulls team. I told you about Giannis when we did a little sneak preview on episode one. I tried to tell you. Yeah, I. He's just too much for him. I mean, it, honestly, I think if he plays almost any other team in the East, maybe with the exception of the Hawks, I think that. They might have potential to to slow them down, but like I said, it's just a bad matchup for the Bulls. Um, well, so we're going to disagree on this series. The only thing we disagree on is the number of games. I think the Bucks are going to sweep this. I think it's going to be 4-0. I don't think we're talking about much. I think the Bulls don't have anything to slow Giannis down, and uh, it's going to be a quick 4-0 and on to the next round. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think if DeMar DeRozan plays a little bit better, Bulls have a chance to pull one out, but at the end of the day... I, I don't think this is, there's going to be a whole lot of competition in this series. Um, but moving on to our last series. Um, this is the one I'm I, interested I, to get your take on. This is going to be a good one because I'm going to stick to my original prediction, um, mm-hmm. which was Raptors and six. Um, and if you've been following the NBA playoffs, you know that the Raptors are down 2-0. Um, so for me to be right, <laughs> I'm going to need the next four games. Um but uh, let me explain my reasoning for that, though. My reasoning is that the Raptors took the regular season series three to one. Two of those games, the Sixers were at full strength. They had Embiid. They had Harden. There was no excuse. The Raptors proved that they could beat the Sixers. Um, Fred Van Vliet, shout out Fred, eight one five, having a great, great season. Twenty points, seven assists. Um, it, but the <laughs> Sixers just they they switched to another gear that I didn't think they had honestly. 
So honestly, I, I go back and forth on this. I so I had the Sixers originally winning this in six games. Um, I'm not surprised. My my issue, I have had issues with the Sixers. You and I have talked about this, but my issue was never the first round. My issue is is James Harden going to be James Harden when they make a deep playoff run? You know, mm-hmm. um, I thought the interesting the interesting part about uh, I believe it was game one that the man was putting up a double double. He wasn't shooting very well, but he definitely accepted his role, at least in that game, as a facilitator and uh, had a hell of a night on the assists chart. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And if he can keep that up, Sixers are going to be tough. Um, but I think we can both agree, though. Heat, Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers, that's going to be a great second round. That's going to oh, be a yeah. great second round. If those four teams make it, the East is going to be the East is going to be tough. I still I, I think the East is. I mean, it's hard to also say that just because. So here's the, going to be the interesting part about that matchup. Not to jump ahead, but is James Harden going to be able to strike the fear of God in the Heat as far as his driving? Like he's not shooting the way James Harden shoots, the way we know him as. So are the Heat even going to be afraid of him? I think that comes around going- though. I honestly do. I think I think the shooting comes around, um, and, and if not, he's a great, he's a good enough facilitator that. I mean, since that, I think it was a was it an ankle or hamstring injury that he had? I forget which one it was. But I don't remember. I want to say it was ever hamstring. since that. Ever since that injury, he just doesn't look like James Harden. He'll dance a little bit, but he's not blowing by people the way he used to. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. I agree. Well, uh, like I said, they're calling traveling more. I don't know. Like I said, he's he's a good enough facilitator that I think even without you know his jump shot being on every night, I still think he's going to be able to have a huge impact on any series. Um, and with the play of Embiid right now, they're going to be tough. They're going to be. Tough. I agree, but I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction, and uh, they don't get past second round. They, they're not getting past second round. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Absolutely. But let's uh let's get to your favorite part of the show. I know you're itching to get to this. Um, yes, I've waited all week for this. <laughs> I know you have. I know you have. NFL mock draft. So here's how I'm we're gonna some do stuff this. Stuff I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> here's how we're gonna do this. I'm gonna start off with the first pick, uh, which will be taken by the Jacksonville Jaguars. John will take the second pick, so on and so forth. Um, we'll give you the top twelve and. Yeah, let's get to it. With the first pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars will select Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end from Michigan. Tell me what you like about this guy, John. I mean, what don't I like about this guy? I mean, he's just an animal. Plays the edge from Michigan, so you know uh, playing for Harborough, he's got that He's got that attitude, 6'6", 260, um, you know, and just – God, his work ethic. I mean, they're talking, they're comparing, trying to compare him to JJ Watt, um, and I don't think they're far off. They might not be. They might not be. And honestly, with the Jaguars having Josh Allen opposite of them, um, it's going to be, it's going to be dirty. Um, they have a new new coordinator coming in, and I know he likes to run um, a four two personnel, from what I understand. And you put Josh Allen. Aiden Hutchinson on a defensive line. There's going to be some problems for the offense. 
There's gonna be some. And big they problems. don't have Urban Meyer anymore, so that's always a plus. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a that was a bit of a toxic situation. Toxic situation for them. So, uh, yeah, hopefully they can move on. And um, another Jaguar that uh, hopefully will have another good year, even with some his competition coming back from an injury. Uh, James Robinson went to high school right down the road from from my house. So uh, shout out to Just him. Just doing hopefully. a bunch of eight eight one five shout outs today, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, man. Yeah. Hopefully, hey, we're we're doing it big in the pros right now. It's uh, it's awesome to see see guys from your hometown get a chance and uh, and make it. But let me. Uh, we got the Lions on the clock, John. What uh, what you got there? So Lions on the clock. It, it pains me to do this, but. For me, at this level, talent has to outweigh any concerns you might have. I think it's going to be Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau, okay. Defensive end from Oregon. I like it. Um, Love his talent. Obviously, we don't need to talk about his talent. He showed that enough, barring his injuries. Um, But for me, my only concern, my only red flag, and I know people have talked about this, is his work ethic. Um, You know, we've seen that. If you don't come to work in the NFL, um, it, it bites you in the butt. Uh, we've seen that with a lot of busts at quarterback. Granted, I understand, you know, he's not a quarterback, very obviously, but you right. know, I, I think the Giants definitely need, you know, some help on the D line. Um, you know, I, I, I like it. Um, they've already talked about how the Giants love to play man to man on defense, so you have to have a defensive line to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, as far as his worth that it goes, I don't think he's I don't think it's going to be much of a concern. The kid's been the projected number 1 pick for the last 2-3 years, and honestly, at that point, you're just getting through the years in college. Um, you know, Ben Simmons was a great example. He showed it. He was only at LSU because he had to be. Um, if he would have had that pro option to go to the G League or something, you know he would have taken it. But 100%. with the Lions they got Charles Harris over there. He had seven and a half sacks last year. That's gonna be that's gonna be a nice little nice little combination for him. Um, they definitely. I wouldn't be surprised if they traded down from this pick either. Uh, they do need some linebackers, some secondary help um, with Jeff Okuda coming back. Hopefully that'll that'll improve their secondary. But yeah, I like the pick with Thibodeau. Um, and moving on to pick three. All right, so pick you know. Three. I have the to say, Houston Texans, the Watsonless Houston Texans are on the clock. Yeah, and I have going, to Nick? say, we're uh, we're going right back to that defensive line. I think hey, football starts and ends up front, and the Houston Texans are going to take Trevon Walker, defensive end out of Georgia. I like this mm-hmm. pick for him. Um, I really honestly like think it. that this is going to be the best defense defensive player available for them right here. Um, they just need help on defense. There's not much else to say about it. They need help on defense. Um, they, they do need a quarterback. They have Davis mills. Um, they might take a quarterback here, but honestly, I just, I don't think you can go wrong with taking Trayvon Walker. He's just a beast of an animal. Um, did not have the greatest first couple of years. Um, only put up a few sacks. Um, but you know, he had like, I believe it was six, six and a half last year. Um, a lot of people are saying his production in college just wasn't there. Um, hopefully, you know, that'll translate over to, or it won't translate over to the NFL and he can, you know, put up some good production on the Texans defensive line. Plus, I mean, here's the thing at Houston's this not point, a bad place to you go. know, Houston's got to, Houston's got to take the best available player. Um, he, everyone who knows Lovey Smith knows he loves his defense. 
know, when he was coaching over in Chicago, they may not have had the best team, but they always had a fearsome defense. Um, And just to note, you know, people said a lot of Houston's secondary issues came from lack of pass rush. So, you know, now if they want, they have uh, they have the 12th pick as well. So, I mean, they have. Actually, Minnesota has the 12th pick. I believe they pick right after us, so at 13 or 14. Ah, that's right. That's right. Correct. Yeah. Correct. But But yeah, they do. They have a couple first round picks there. They can beef up their defensive line. And, you know, I I like Trayvon Walker coming out of the SEC. You can never go wrong playing, you know, the best of the best. Shout out LSU. Um, But yeah, I I, I like I like the Trayvon Walker pick. Yeah. And he had some competition around him for the first few years. So, I mean, I, I think. I think he's. It's his time to shine. You know, everybody's got to play behind somebody to start. Um, like I said, he got his opportunity. He had a solid, solid year this year. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully those nine and a half sacks don't deter teams. But I think at this point, um, I think he's the third best player off the board here for sure. Awesome. Well, I believe I am on the clock at number four with the Giants. Uh, with the New York Jets. Ah, the New York Jets. That's right. Giants are five. So I've got Evan Neal to the Jets. Offensive tackle out of Alabama. 6'7", 360 pounds, soaking wet. I love it. I love it. He's probably the best offensive tackle in this draft. Um, Some people say Akanwu. Some people say Evan Neal. You know, I've heard the well, he's got the Alabama hype that's that's hyping him up there, but you got to protect your asset in Zach Wilson. You gave up the fourth most sacks last year. I love it. I love that pick. Now, I will make a, a, a asterisk on this. I will not be surprised if Jets go wide receiver just to try and keep up with their division. But I agree. You 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 brought Wilson in for a reason. Whether you like it or not, you're tied to him for the next couple of years as your franchise quarterback. Go out and protect the man. Absolutely, and I agree with you. I think there's a possibility they go receiver here. It might be a little early to take receiver at four. Um, don't want to foreshadow too much, but I may have them going receiver at 10, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, okay, But okay. Uh, the Giants at five, I have them taking yeah, where, where? Sauce Gardner cornerback from Cincinnati 6'3", 200 pounds runs a 4-4-40 at 6'3", and 200 pounds so I know we both like this pick but you were very very high on this pick so tell me tell me why I was like I said 6'3", 200 pounds 4-4-40 the numbers speak for themselves he's a great corner Um, every expert that I'd talked to not talk to, sorry. Every expert that I that I read that talked about the world when not and not tell me about it. Like every expert that I read about uh, that talked about this guy, uh, they all said that he's easily the best corner in the draft. Um, personally, I don't agree with that. Um, we'll get to it later. Um, I think you know who my favorite corner in this draft is, and who I think is the best corner in this draft. Um, but shout I, out LSU. Yeah, don't give too much away now. But no, like I said, six three, two hundred pounds, and you can run that fast. That's a pretty good sized corner, um, and he he he's not a bad not a bad player either. You know, he he proved it at his uh, at his pro day, showed that he uh, that he's got some skills. So I like it. I think, and and honestly, 
the Giants just need help here. They were uh, they they're going to take best defense, and yeah, that's all there is to it. With two well, picks in the so first round, he, it's going to give them. Sorry, with two picks in the first round, though, it's going to give them a lot of options. So, I mean, honestly, that's my prediction: is they go corner here, but they could honestly go anywhere, anywhere they feel like. Well, I apologize for interrupting. I was just very excited for this next pick. You and I went back and forth on this for a while. Um, and no, I'm not. I'm not smoking weed. I'm not drunk, ladies and gentlemen. With the number six pick on the clock, it is not Malik Willis. I've got the Carolina Panthers taking Kenny Pickett out of Pitt. Kenny Pickett. Baby hands, right? Hey, you know, they said the same thing about Joe Burrow. And what did he do? Didn't he uh, do something? I think he went to a certain game last. Oh, that's right. He went to the Super Bowl. He did that's make right. it to the Super okay. Bowl. He did make it to the Super Bowl. We have to give him uh, give him his props there. Yeah. I, I, no, I, but I, I mean, just it. talking about it, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I definitely think Malik Willis is the more talented QB in the draft. I think he is the most talented QB in the draft. Um, I will not deny nor argue that with anyone. I 100% agree. However, Kenny Pickett is the most NFL-ready QB, in my opinion, along with a lot of people. And given that, plus the fact of the Carolina Panthers' ties to ownership – um, or not, I'm sorry, not ownership boosters to the University of Pitt, not to mention Matt Rule is going to be on the hot seat, whether we like it or not. Um, all the experts are coming out saying Malik Willis needs a year to develop. That would be what's best for him. Matt Rule doesn't have a year to wait. Kenny Pickett has shown that he can make high play. He can uh, make high ability plays. Um, he's more accurate with the ball. Um, his release is, you know, right there with Malik Willis. So I've got Kenny Pickett just because the Carolina Panthers need to win now. And Sam Darnold is not that guy. Yeah, I cannot agree more. I mean, I think, I think the Panthers definitely need to go quarterback here. Um, I think it should be Malik Willis. You liked Kenny Pickett. You know, I don't think you can go wrong either way. I agree with you. Kenny Pickett is the more NFL ready quarterback right now. Um, Malik Willis is going to take a few years. I don't think, yeah, I agree. I don't think they have time to wait. Um, so Christian McCaffrey's only got so many years left in his prime. He's not going to stay young forever. He's already shown that, you know, he's developing history of injuries. So yeah, they have a very small window right now. Um, and I don't think, I don't think they have any time to waste. bring up that point of Christian McCaffrey because they paid the man stupid amount of money to be the guy mm-hmm. and has had injuries the last couple of years. And I'm sorry, we've seen it in the past. In the past, you're not going to be able to run, um, you know, a kind of what, what do they call it? Um, you know, option with Malik Willis and Christian McCaffrey, which means Malik Willis, who is known as the scrambler, you know, he, he has the Lamar Jackson-like skill, you're essentially taking your best player on the roster out of a lot of different plays. Where yeah, that's a really Kenny good Pickett, point. Kenny Pickett, he'll check it down. He won't be afraid to check it down. He, uh, you know, he is always looking downfield where Malik Willis, he'll pull the ball down and run, and essentially you're now turning your best player on the team into a blocker. Yeah, yeah, I really, I really like that. Um... I never really thought about that, but yeah, they, they did show that that doesn't work, really work with, with him. So yeah, uh, Kenny Pickett, hey, I don't hate it. And honestly, 
this pick, you know, it could go either way. They um, somebody may trade up above them and and grab Kenny Pickett, and they might be stuck taking Malik Willis. Maybe they pass on Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett and go. So who knows? But yeah, I think I think this is right about where the draft's going to get interesting. Picks five and six. Um, it's going to get really interesting because everybody knows Carolina's looking at quarterback. Will somebody trade up to take somebody at five, a quarterback at five? Forcing the Panthers to do something different at six. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, speaking of those teams that a couple picks in the first round, uh, the Giants back on the clock at number seven. I have Mr. them taking Giants GM. Where are we going? I have them taking Ekam Ikanwu, uh, offensive okay. tackle from North Carolina State. They need offensive line help. Andrew Thomas is banged up. He's getting older. He's struggling lately. They need somebody to step in that can play right away. And arguably the best tackle in the draft. Um, like I said, some people think that Evan Neal's getting the Alabama hype, which is why, you know, he's rated a little bit higher on some draft boards, but I haven't read one bad thing about a Conwu yet. So I think he can step in if the giants can address a major need in the secondary and on the offensive line in the first seven picks. I love it. I think it's really good for him. I mean, I, wh- whether you whether you want to make the argument Evan Neal's better, or whatever. Uh, I think you have the Giants have to go um, offensive tackle. I mean, whether you like it or not, at this point, you're all in on uh, on your quarterback. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're all in on Jones. Absolutely, you're 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 all in. You're all in on Daniel Jones, whether you like it or not. And at this point, you pretty much have to pull. You know, essentially what the Dolphins did: surround him with a bunch of talent. And see if he's the dude. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the Giants have, and believe it or not, fun fact: Did you know that Giants had the most expensive wide receiver room in the league? I did and not. Were almost dead last in really? wide receiver stats <laughs> last year. Really? Wow. Yeah. No, I, I was not aware of that. That's wow. you know, Kenny Galladay had an off year or off, you know, career, whatever. Wow. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like at this point, I agree. It's got to be offensive tackle. You got to protect your, you know, quote unquote franchise quarterback for the next year and, you know, surround him with weapons, surround him with protection and, you know, make the determination. I think, you know, the Giants are going to make this draft about surrounding Daniel Jones with what he needs and seeing if he's the dude or not. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I don't think he is, but, you know, maybe they set up the next guy. Yeah, possibly, possibly. But I think you definitely have to start by protecting him. And you got to have a defense. So, yeah, defense, offensive tackle with the five and seven picks. And that'll bring us to number eight, which will be the Atlanta Falcons. What what are they doing here? Well, I don't think this is a surprise to anyone considering uh, Nick challenged me to name any wide receivers on the Atlanta Falcons. Any of them. (laughs) That were actually let's give Let's give the listeners, let's let's give them a couple seconds. Name any Falcons receiver right now. Receiver, not tight end. Receiver. Kyle Pitts does not count. That, that Exactly. You, you can't. You can't because I don't think anybody's ever heard of any of the receivers currently signed to their roster right now. <laughs> With Calvin Ridley going out, yeah, they're going to need some help. But what, uh, what receiver you got? Who's, who they I taking? got uh, Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. Love it. Going to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, 
for me, he's he, he. You already see the fact that the man knows how to operate in a high quality offense. Um, you know, Atlanta hasn't been able to trade for any of the wide receivers. Um, I, I like Garrett Wilson. I, I think he is fast. I think he's big. I love the six foot receivers. Um, so for me. Not only is Wilson the best wide receiver in the draft, in my opinion, but he's also the safest pick because you know what you're getting. Yep, I, I, yeah, I like him too. He's, I think he ran a four three forty, um, super fast, great receiver, and yeah, the, like you said, the Falcons definitely need some help there. So hopefully he can step in and be the guy. Um, another one that I wouldn't be surprised if they took um, somebody we're going to talk about here in a minute, Drake London, another receiver that I wouldn't be surprised if he went there. You know, I wouldn't be surprised either because the Falcons are in a place where they can take a little bit of risk given the fact that, you know, they're obviously not built to win now. I mean, Marcus Mariota is going to be their starting QB for Christ's sake. Um, You know, maybe give them a little bit of time to get right and everything like that. But I think right now, you know, Garrett Wilson is the safest option to build off of. So I, I, I won't be surprised, but I definitely like Garrett Wilson. But um, we got number nine coming up to the Seahawks and you know they've been a uh, hemorrhaging as of late so uh where where do they start this franchise honestly again? I went back and forth on this one I I don't know where the Seahawks are going to go I think they could go anywhere from quarterback to possibly even punter I I really don't know um <laughs> the Seahawks have they need a lot of help uh they just traded away Russell Wilson I don't think they're going to go quarterback um although they may take Malik Willis here. Um, you know, if our draft holds, if our mock draft holds true, Malik Willis will be available here. So, but I, I have them going a slightly different route. Um, I'm, I have them going Charlie Cross, offensive lineman from Mississippi State. I just think don't that there's a I lot that they it. could do. Um, but I think starting with securing that offensive line, that's a great, great start. Um, another name I want to throw out is um, Jermaine Johnson. From Florida State, the um, the defensive end. He was a Last Chance him. U star. So any of you guys that watch Last Chance U, uh, you might recognize the name. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a possibility too. But I think Charlie Cross is the play. Um, he's he's a great lineman that's been shooting up draft boards. Um, and I think I think it, football starts up front. You know, I said it again, uh, or I said it before. I'll say it again. It starts up front, and you got to start by protecting whatever quarterback you're going to bring in, whether that be a rookie or whether you go out and sign somebody. They, they, need, they need protection. Well, so we're going to wrap things up, the number 10 pick, and uh, I don't think he is the best wide receiver in the class, but I definitely think he's going to be the most dynamic wide receiver. Uh, we've got Drake London, number 10 to the Jets. Dialing it back, helping helping Zach Wilson. Everyone's going the hey, Victor franchise quarterback. So let's do it. Um, I mean, Lord have mercy, six four, two hundred and nineteen pounds. Yeah, and, this and man very is and very good man. size. Great hands, great hands, big hands too. Very big. Opposite of a uh, baby hands. Opposite of baby hands. Yeah, baby hands. Pick it. Um, yeah, I think, and we talked about it earlier. You know. They they need to give they need to give Wilson some weapons. 
Um, another name too that uh, I think we forgot to mention earlier that uh, a lot of people have been been very high on is uh, Chris Olave. He's uh, he's another receiver. It's going to be one of those three. Um, Drake London didn't perform at the combine. Um, he didn't run. Didn't do a whole lot of drills. Uh, he was hurt, um, so he is nursing an injury. But I think. He's got that typical size speed, but do you think he has the speed? That is where I'm at. He doesn't have a getaway. He's not a getaway guy run after the catch. Well, but realistically though, how many six, four guys out there have getaway speed? You know, the ones that do they're superstars, they're pro bowlers every single year. Um, I, but with six, four size, he's got a chance. He's, he's got the size to be a number one guy. I think some of the comparisons I heard coming out, I've written one of the ones I really like, maybe it's because I'm a Tampa Bay fan. I really like the Mike Evans comparison. Uh, yeah. It's been, it's been, I, I like that one real. too. Um, another one too, uh, Julio Jones. By no means yep, am I, like I saying that, that Drake yeah. London is a Julio Jones, but if we're comparing size, they're pretty similar in stature. So, I mean, he's definitely the kind of guy you throw it up and you, you like your chances in the 50-50 ball with him. And honestly, I'm just going to put this out there. It's the Jets. If they keep this pick, what do they have to lose? Honestly. 100%. Maybe Drake London turns 100%. out to have 4-3 speed, sub 4-3 speed, and he's six foot four. Maybe he's the next Randy Moss. Who knows? You know, Just saying, like you have nothing to lose. But you got to give your quarterback weapons. Zach Wilson can't keep going out there and throwing to you know Jamison Crowder and guys like that. Like it's just it's not going to work. Um, and by the way, I want to go back one second very quickly. The best receiver on the Atlanta Falcons right now is Auden Tate. So never heard of him. Exactly. Exactly. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, I had to look him up, honestly. So I <laughs> thought that was kind of interesting. Um, but just, I know you said you wanted to end it at 10, but I just want to throw out a couple more here. Um, just because my Vikings pick at 12. So I wanted to kind of get to them real fast. Washington commanders at 11. I think they're going to go Kyle Hamilton, strong safety out of Notre Dame. Um, go ahead and make your pick. I know that's what you really want to talk about. Go ahead. But I, with the 12th pick, I have the Minnesota Vikings taking Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback, defensive back, LSU. This man, Shout out Tigers. I, I have to admit, John told me about this kid a few years back. He said, we have this freshman corner who's really, really good. You got to check him out. You got to watch one of our games. You got to watch him play. I was blown away by this kid's ability. Just unreal. Had a couple injuries, you know, had a slow sophomore year. Um, didn't really, never really had that freshman season again, but the comparisons are just out of this world. You know, the next Stefan Gilmore, you know, I've heard it all. Like he's, he's got the skills. He passes the eye test for me. And as a Vikings fan, we need help in our secondary and I would love nothing more. And honestly, if we don't get him, Sauce Gardner wouldn't mind him either, you know, but I'm a I fan of Stingley, Stingley, so I hope I that that's where that goes. I understand they've talked about with injury and everything like that, but, I mean, talent is talent for me. I love Stingley. Um, he was a big part of why our defense was so ferocious during the national championship run. Shout out Joey B. 
Um, but I mean, like, I just want to go back for a second. At that point, Tyler Boyd was a top NFL wide receiver prospect for Clemson and didn't do shit yeah. in the national championship yeah. game against Eric Stingley. Not a damn thing. Yeah, well, And they left him out on the island all by himself. Yeah, he, uh, he's got the skills, man. Like I said, as a Vikings fan, I would love to see him in a Vikings uniform. And honestly, he wouldn't have to change his wardrobe much because, you know, he's going to go from yellow and purple to purple and yellow. So I'd love to see it. Hopefully you guys can win like LSU used to win, but hey, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, but let's wrap it up here. Um, that's uh, that's our top 12 uh, for our mock draft. We're going to tease we'll- you guys a little bit. Uh, we might have a special guest next episode. We're not going to tell you who. Um, Nick has been in talks. Yep. We, uh, a, if we don't get him for the next guest. episode, we're definitely hoping, um, hopefully hope, shooting for next week. Um, that would be great. Uh, we'd love to love to see it. But once we get that confirmation, if we get it before the next episode, we'll definitely, definitely give that to you. Um, next episode though, we're going to talk a little bit more about the NBA playoffs. Um, we'll have a few more games in, see where that's going. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit of baseball, um, give our early surprises, anything like that. Um, who's, revisit, who's sticking out. Revisit a little bit of uh, the NFL draft right before it starts. Yeah, yeah. The uh, NFL draft is a week from Thursday. Um, so, yeah, we'll touch on anything, any, you know, current stuff that's going on then. Um, and, yeah, this was uh, this was great. You know, hopefully hopefully our sound quality was a little bit better. Uh, we made a few few upgrades over the weekend. So hopefully sound everybody quality. enjoyed that. Um, but, yeah, that's going to that's gonna about do it for us here today. Uh, thanks again for joining us guys. Uh, episode two, it was a good one. We'll be back again on Thursday for episode three. Um, but once again, as always, I'm Jonathan, I'm Ebony and I'm Nick and I'm the ivory. Thanks for listening. Take care guys. Powered by Riverside.